This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, soon to be Guardians Weekly, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, as we continue with our off-season editions of Tribe Talk, and again, that'll transition to Guardians Weekly soon. This week, we begin our series of lookbacks at great games from the 2021 season. We do it each off-season with. Some of the the walk-off wins, great pitching performances, all of that. And we'll take you back to April 13th of the 2021 campaign, one of the great pitchers' duels of the season. And it came early between Shane Bieber of the Indians and Lucas Giolito of the Chicago White Sox. That'll be in the second half of our show. But when we get started shortly, Anthony Castrovince will join us from MLB Network and MLB.com. He's based right here in Cleveland. And he'll have his thoughts on the postseason so far with the World Series just about set and also some thoughts on the soon-to-be Guardians going forward in 2022. That's all coming your way shortly as Tribe Talk gets rolling on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Yeah, this season I actually had little business cards made. Eric Rubino, fantasy baseball GM. You can keep that. Sure, the players are famous, but come game day, I decide their fate. What's that? Oh, you make 20 million? Well, I don't like your attitude. You benched! Now, I'd never bench an all-star, but I could. That's also why I like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. With options based on my budget, they never throw me a curveball. <laughs> That's a little baseball reference for you. Get options based on your budget with Progressive, even if you're not a legend in your own mind. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A 2-2, Taylor with a fly ball, 
to deep left center field. Chris Taylor has hit his third home run of the night and becomes the 11th different player in baseball history with three home runs in a postseason game. Chris Taylor. Here's the 1-1. This one's popped into shallow center field. That's going to get down for a hit. Altuve races around third. He'll score on the flare from Brantley, and it's 7-0 Astros. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Soon-to-be Guardians Weekly, presented by Progressive, as we are in that transition period for the Indians and Guardians name change. Jim Rosenhouse back with you, and uh, great to have you with us for Baseball Talk on the radio, and we try and welcome in during this time of year Anthony Castrovins, former Indians.com beat reporter and now MLB.com, MLB Network. You see him on uh, the TV quite a bit on on the network. And, uh, Anthony, great to have you with us as uh, we, we start to wrap up one championship series with another one still very much up in the air but the world series looming and uh I'll tell you what it's been a fun postseason so far and, and i'm not sure what your impressions have been but just uh catching bits and pieces there have been some uh great matchups and and the usual surprises i guess yeah absolutely and, and rosie thanks for having me on tribe talk one last time uh <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna call it guardians gab uh, moving forward, but I understand Guardians uh, Weekly will also work. Uh, but yeah, it has been a fun postseason. Uh, it, it's been fascinating uh, the way it's been managed, um, and and some of that's the evolution of baseball, and some of that is coming off the pandemic shortened season last year. But just in general, in MLB this year, you know, uh, well, first of all, we've seen an evolution in general of starters pitching fewer innings, but it was really to the extreme uh, in this 2021 season. If you look at it, not many guys even qualified for the ERA title. And then it's really been uh, uh, accelerated uh, here in the postseason stage where, where starters have averaged about 12 outs a game. Um, and, and we've seen openers and, and bullpen games, uh, you know, almost as a norm. Um, you know, even the Dodgers came into the year. They're the perfect example of came in the year with this great elite rotation and so much depth and, and too many guys for not enough spots. And, you know, they've had to go with bullpen games and, and they've gone with relievers to open games and then bring in the starters. So it's been really interesting to see, uh, you know, how that's all played out. And, um, but there's been some really compelling games and a lot of resilience. You know, you look at that ALCS and first of all, who would have thought the Boston Red Sox would have gotten there, uh, you know, in light of their up and down season. But then they get there and then they look like a juggernaut after game three. They look unstoppable. And and the Astros, who lose their ace prior to the ALCS, come battling back and, and end up winning it and getting back to the World Series. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you can't help but be impressed by that team because you know there's there's a lot of uh, negative Astros sentiment in the air, as I'm sure you're aware. And um, but they've you know no Justin Verlander, no Garrett Cole, no George Springer. Uh, they lose their ace Lance McCullers prior to the ALCS and, and make it back to the World Series anyway. Pretty impressive. And let's start right there with, with the ALCS and the Astros advancing to the World Series. Third time in five seasons now for them. And you mentioned the pitching that's not there, but we saw, the Indians did, uh, when they played the Astros in the month of July. And, and some of these young arms were coming to the forefront, and they were impressive. And, and what does that say? I, I know you mentioned that narrative about you know the scandal back a couple of years back and all that, and the Astros having a hard time getting past that. But when you get right down to developing pitching, it seems yeah. like they're on to something. Yeah, I think they've been really underrated uh, in that regard. We know the Astros have the best lineup in MLB and have for a while. 
uh, it's such a deep lineup and, and, and balanced and, and, you know, they, good contact rates. They don't strike themselves out of innings and that sort of thing. And and that's really where their bread has been buttered that, and, and then having superstar pitching that everybody can identify with, but beneath the surface, they've really done a good job developing pitching. And it's interesting because, you know, Forrest Whitley is, is the guy who everybody pegged as their top pitching prospect. And he's had an injury plagued uh, professional career to this point, but lo and behold, you know, Framber Valdez has, has come up in the last few years and, and been an, an impact pitcher for them. Uh, this year, Luis Garcia, uh, who was so good in game six of the ALCS, you know, he was a rookie of the year candidate this year. Um, and, you know, I, I take a good hard look at him uh, with my rookie of the year ballot this year. Uh, Jose Arquiti has, has been kind of battle tested. He's, he's pretty young, too. He's 26. He's he's pitched for them in the postseason and uh, is a nice depth piece for them. So, you know, I'm really amazed, frankly, at how they not not just how they put it together um, in the regular season, because Zach Greinke was not, you know, he's no longer an ace. Uh, he, he pitched himself out of the rotation by the end of the year. Um, but they found the depth to to keep this run going. They did it last year in the shortened season. They did it again this year. And then within the context of the ALCS and, and losing Lance McCullers, who I thought was so important to them, I thought that was going to be the difference maker in the ALCS is, is the Astros being without McCullers. And it sure looked that way after a few games. But, you know, they pieced it together in the bullpen. Dusty Baker doesn't get enough credit for how much he's evolved as a manager over the years. And, uh, and again, Luis Garcia really stepped up for them when they needed him. Anthony Kastrovitz joining us from MLB Network and MLB.com. Based right here in Cleveland, and, and we'll talk Tribe in a little bit, or Guardians uh, for 2022. Uh, so the Astros are in. They're in the World Series, and they're waiting to see who they're up to. The Dodgers and Braves get it back going tonight in Game 6 of the NLCS. And, and at the start here, we talked about pitching, how it's used. And the Dodgers, uh, I, maybe they've opened themselves up to some criticism. Max Scherzer sounds like he's having a tough time. Uh, being able to post uh, certainly for tonight and and who knows what his availability is tomorrow if there is a game 7 when when you look at what they've done with the openers and, and things like that have they they kind of opened themselves up to putting themselves in a tough position by by maybe some pitchers being out of character and, and in some spots maybe they shouldn't have been in or haven't been in in the past yeah i think there's there's an opportunity to criticize there for being getting a little too cute um, but having said that, I also, you know, we don't know everything beneath the surface of what they're seeing, uh, what they're, you know, hearing from their, you know, the feedback they're getting from their pitchers, that sort of thing. I, I do have to acknowledge that this year is a challenge for everybody. Um, the Dodgers included, first of all, they, they, you know, they lose Dustin May, they lose Trevor Bauer, of course, um, and Clayton Kershaw. And that really tested their depth and everybody is kind of scrambling for innings this year because you're coming off 60 games and, and then they went, you know, they went deeper into last season, but still it's just not the usual workload. So it's a huge ramp up uh, between 2020 and 2021. And that's why they're just trying to be as careful as possible. Um, but there is, you know, using, using an opener in front of Max Scherzer and that sort of thing. And it's worked. Uh, I'd say on measure it's worked, but they're also uh, getting to the point now, the postseason where, you know, you're, you're going back to that. Well, maybe a few too many times. And, I, I kind of worried about the Dodgers going the NLCS because of just the emotional and physical toll of going five games against their rival Giants, you know, and, and Scherzer coming out of the bullpen to finish that one off and, and just leaving it all out there on the mound, you know, giving it everything he had. You could clearly tell uh, how much that, you know, those outs meant to him and that team to, to, to oust their rivals. 
but then lo and behold, you know, he has a dead arm as a result. And uh, so that's why he can't go in game six. So it definitely catches up with you. And on the other side, the Braves, uh, one game away from going back to the World Series. Every October, there are surprise players. But based on what you saw here (laughs) the first two months of the season, would you have ever thought that Eddie Rosario would be that surprise player for Atlanta? Well, I remember saying when, uh, you know, when, when the Braves gave up Pablo Sandoval for Eddie Rosario, I mean, that was the biggest blockbuster of the trade deadline. I think everybody would agree, you know. Some people, I guess, some people thought Max Scherzer and Trey Turner going to the Dodgers was a big deal. But I think everybody circled Eddie Rosario for Pablo Sandoval, who was a, a member of, of Cleveland for about five or six minutes before he was before he was waived. Uh, yeah, that was that was not, uh, you know, you did not think it would be as big of an impact deal. Uh, Rosario had a tough go of it with Cleveland. He just never really settled in here, which was surprising. You know, he had a great history at Progressive Field, with, you know. Cleveland saw him at his absolute best, uh, you know, when, when he was with the Twins. He always seemed to rake at that ballpark, but, you know, came over to Cleveland, just never got it going, and he was hurt at the time of the trade. And, and the Braves, Alex Anthopoulos should be executive of the year because the, the Braves lose Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, the weekend before the All-Star break, and they weren't playing great to begin with. It was a team really underperforming. The whole division was underperforming. They were still mathematically in the race, but you lose an MVP candidate in Ronald Acuna Jr., it's really easy, especially in today's game where, where people hoard prospects and always seem to look for reasons not to do something. Uh, it would have been really easy to just, you know, just throw in the towel, essentially. But right away, Alex Anthopoulos acquires Jock Peterson to send a message to the clubhouse that, hey, we still believe in you guys and we're still in this. And I think that was really important to do. They come out of the All-Star break and, and you know, Jock Peterson is on their club. And then he keeps adding. He just added outfielder after outfielder, Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler, and, of course, Rosario. And those guys have all been difference makers. They've all played great for Atlanta. And Rosario never better than in this postseason where he's been, you know, Babe Ruth all of a sudden. Um, and it's, it's just been it's been great to see uh, Alex Anthopoulos get rewarded for that, you know, that aggressive attitude and, and that, you know, I still believe in my team. Gut feel on who the Astros play in the World Series? Well, I think it'll be the Braves just mathematically. I know it's, you know, the narrative, and we've experienced this in Cleveland, unfortunately, where – uh, you know, you, you blow some series and that becomes, it kind of hangs over your head, even if, you know, some of the guys weren't even there last year, uh, blowing the three, one lead against the Dodgers. But I really think that was different. Uh, their starting pitching was in a bad spot a year ago. Um, you know, they were, they were scrambling for outs at that point. It was, uh, seven games in seven days last year in a neutral site, um, which really, you know, tested and exposed your bullpen. Whereas now, uh, with the off days and more traditional alignment and they have the home field advantage in Atlanta, uh, yeah, I just think it sets up better for them. You know, they got Ian Anderson and, and Charlie Morton on regular rest, so I feel good about their chances of winning one of the next two. Anthony Castrovince joining us from MLB Network, MLB.com. And, uh, Anthony, on the back end of our interview here, uh, just some quick thoughts on uh, the soon-to-be Guardians for 2022. It just seems like uh, it's quiet so far, as you'd expect, mm-hmm. but uh, – it's going to be an interesting off season with the CBA looming on December first, and and a lot of key decisions for the the uh, Indian slash Guardians. Uh, what are you seeing this off season in terms of of what could happen here in Cleveland? Well, the CBA hangs over everything uh, in terms of how teams go about you know approaching their club construction and uh, and 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 when they go about approaching their club construction. There could be a lull. Uh, up until that's done, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how aggressive teams get in terms of extensions and, and offerings 
you know, prior to that agreement being in place. Uh, we'll see. But yeah, I think the guards uh, are going to be a little bit underrated going into this winter, to be honest with you. I, I think the division is, is really getting interesting with the, the Tigers improvements over the course of the year. And I think they they could be an aggressive team in free agency, but I think a lot of people are going to overlook the strength of uh, Cleveland's rotation, uh, you know, specifically with Cal Quantro coming on in the second half and, you know, Bieber getting back healthy and, um, there's a lot to work with there still. Uh, the offense definitely needs help, but I, I think people are going to look at it like, ah, Cleveland, they just, they trade their stars and they'll probably trade Jose Ramirez and they won't sign anybody. But I think it's, you know, you look at their contractual commitments. Uh, I think there's an opportunity to maybe they extend Jose Ramirez instead of trading him. Maybe they actually, uh, you know, add some impact offensive talent because it's a really deep free agent class and there could be opportunities out there, particularly in the outfield. So, um, I'll be fascinated to see how they go about it. You know, they, they say they're going to uh, spend some money this winter and we'll, we'll see what that uh, amounts to. But um, I don't think anybody's going to consider them the division favorite. No matter what happens this winter, it will be Chicago as the division favorite going into the year. But, you know, that Chicago team had, has some aging stars and uh, there, there could be more opportunity in the central than people give it credit for. And for those who follow you on Twitter, your observational humor is uh, always <laughs> second to none. Did you seriously uh, get zinged at the grocery store the other day buying bread. <laughs> I did. I, I bought a, a, you know, I go get some bread at Trader Joe's, and uh, w- w- without, you know, without missing a beat, the guy says, "Uh, oh, just loafing around the rest of the day." And I was so caught off guard. It was, as I said, it was like meeting my Twitter account in person. Uh, you know, I, I think puns usually, uh, you know, people are more guarded in, in person than they are in print. And uh, I, I have to give that guy credit. That was a beautiful thing. What comes around goes around. That's amazing. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, enjoy the World Series. Uh, Based on the postseason so far, it should be a dandy. Absolutely, Rosie. Thanks for having me. That's Anthony Castor-Vince from MLB Network and MLB.com. Stay tuned. More to come after this. If I learned one thing from this great game of baseball, it's that she'll humble you. You think you've got it figured out, you check the standings, and you're in last place again. I'm Eric Rubino, fantasy baseball GM, and I can put my team in position to win every single time, but I can't play the games, people. At least Progressive's Name Your Price tool has options based on my budget. It never lets me down, unlike my pitching staff. Amateurs! Get options based on your budget with Progressive, even if you're not a legend in your own mind. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, soon-to-be Guardians Weekly, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse, back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us as we continue with baseball talk on the radio. Our off-season shows carrying you through the off-season and on to spring training in Goodyear, Arizona, 2022, when the Indians will indeed be the Cleveland Guardians at that point, and they open up a new season against the Kansas City Royals in Cleveland on March the 31st. Well, a regular part of our show in years past has been a look back at some of the great games of the prior season. And this year, no different. We do it in the fall before uh, they put things to bed and really start to turn and look toward 2022. So we will do that in the coming shows. And we begin that series this week. And we'll go in somewhat 
chronological order of some of the great games of the 2021 season for the Indians. And bear in mind, coming out of spring training, a lot of people thought if things broke right, the Tribe could be a contender for the American League Central Division crown. They had that good starting rotation when healthy and uh, maybe just enough offense to hang in there and stay close to a team that everyone thought would not only win the division but perhaps reach the World Series. A lot of people very bullish on the Chicago White Sox coming out of spring training. Well, when those two clubs met on a chilly night in mid-April in Chicago, Tuesday night, April the 13th to be precise, the Indians were 5-4 and four at the time, the White Sox 5-5. Five and five. So uh, both still trying to, to kind of get their feet under them, and, and they both would, certainly. The White Sox going on to win the division, and the Indians would be well over the 500 mark through mid-June. And early on, one of their keys, their reigning Cy Young Award winner, Shane Bieber. Bieber, who in 2020 was absolutely terrific, winning the Cy Young with an 8-1 and record and an ERA of 1.63. He earned the Major League Pitching Triple Crown, a rarity not only in the game today, but at any point in history. So one of the great seasons of all time, albeit a shortened season, for Bieber and the rest of Major League Baseball. Certainly a great one for him as he joined a long list, especially recently, of Indian Cy Young Award winners. So he was on the mound, was off to somewhat of a slow start by his standards in in 2021. He had made a pair of starts heading into that night in Chicago with a record of 0-1 and an earned run average, uh, allowing five runs over 12 innings of work. Not up to his standards that he had set the year prior. And Lucas Giolito would be on the mound for the White Sox. He, too, had allowed five runs in 11 innings of work, albeit he was 1-0 and to start the season. The White Sox, an interesting story in that Tony La Russa had come out of retirement to manage that ball club. Second time around in Chicago for him, already inducted into the Hall of Fame for what he had done, not only with the White Sox, but Oakland, and St. Louis, among others, and uh, certainly a great career for La Russa, and he came out of retirement to manage the White Sox and lend some experience in that dugout. They were off to a slow start by what they expected. The bullpen had been struggling for the White Sox, and that would come into play in this game here. But Bieber and Giolito, that was the anticipated pitching matchup, and it did not disappoint throughout much of the game. The pitch... Swing and a miss. Chased a breaking ball in the dirt. Perez digs it out. Throws to first to complete the strikeout of Adam Eaton. That's the first strikeout for Shane Bieber tonight, who averages 18 per nine innings. Here's the pitch. Breaking ball. Swung out and missed. Strike three. Look out. Bieber was already going good early. Now, Now the strikeouts are kicking in. That's three straight hitters down on strikes over two innings. Giolito, to this point, has thrown 37 fastballs, 29 changeups, and 10 sliders. Now the 0-2. Swing and a miss. Fastball up. And Gamble is out in a hurry. Seven strikeouts for Giolito. And both he and Bieber are masters at changing eye level and being able to go up with certain pitches and also go up with fastballs. And the hitters on both sides tonight are completely overmatched. Fastball waved at. Ten strikeouts for Shane Bieber. So Shane Bieber's been in double figures in strikeouts 
in the first three starts of 2021. Shane Bieber has now struck out 34 in his first three starts. A year ago, he struck out 35 in his first three starts. The third highest total in Major League history. Nick Mandrigal hits the first pitch on the ground to short. He'll be thrown out by Jimenez. And again, another quick pitch inning for Shane Bieber. To the ninth we go. Cleveland, Chicago. Goose eggs. Giolito has finished after seven scoreless innings, but meanwhile, Bieber was still out there in the ninth inning and still pitching extremely well. Eaton at second, Abreu at first, two down in the ninth inning. No score. Bieber's ready. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. Chase the breaking ball in the dirt. Bieber will end his night with 11 strikeouts and nine shutout innings. We've got extra innings coming up. Indians and Sox, no score going to the 10th. So that put the game into extra innings, still scoreless. And with the new rules implemented in 2020, that meant a base runner starts at second in the extra innings. And for the Indians in the top of the 10th, that meant Fran Mill Reyes was the runner at second base. He moved on to third on a White Sox error, and that brought Roberto Perez to the plate, and he delivered the game's first run. The lefty's ready. Here comes the pitch. Swung on, grounded towards the hole. Diving backhanded stop by Garcia, but he has no play. An infield hit. Reyes will score the go-ahead run. And the only run so far in this game. An RBI infield single by Roberto Perez into the hole. A backhanded stop by Leori Garcia, but he had no play. And the Indians have broken the deadlock and now have a chance to have a multiple run inning. Later on in the 10th inning, the Indians got some breathing room thanks to Ahmed Rosario. Now the pitch. A swing and a line shot toward the gap in left center. It'll get down and it'll get to the warning track. Nailers in to score. Perez, he'll stop at third. And Ahmed Rosario with a huge pinch hit RBI double up the alley in left center and the Indians now lead it two to nothing. Oh, what a huge hit for Ahmed Rosario off the bench. And while the extra run was nice, it was not needed as in the bottom half of the 10th inning, James Karinchek was on to try and complete the shutout. Shane Bieber watching from the Indians first base dugout. It's April 13th, but this would be quite a win can't start using the term big just yet but it would be quite a win the payoff pitch swing and a high drive to right back goes Naylor track wall now comes in a step and makes the catch oh be still my beating heart a drive that sent Naylor to the wall and then he came in one step to grab it ball game The Indians in 10 have shut out the White Sox 2 to nothing. So what a night it was for Bieber as in the early season, he did show flashes of that Cy Young Award form from 2020. Of course, later on in the season, mid-June, a shoulder issue laid him up and forced him onto the injured list for three months before he came back with a pair of starts at the end. 
Bieber's final record, 7-4 and four with an ERA of 3.17. We caught up with him the day after those nine scoreless innings for a win in Chicago in April, and he talked about not only the season ahead and his start, but his performance against Chicago. Yeah, definitely. It's not like I was going into the offseason, you know, trying to reinvent my entire game, but saw some subtle fixes that, you know, could potentially help me um, just throughout my career, really. And and a couple of those were just trying to go deeper into ball games and be more aggressive in the zone and um, establish the strike zone with, you know, multiple breaking balls, not just my curveball. And so adding that kind of new revamp slider is uh, been been helpful this far um and, and fortunately we had both of them kind of working for us yesterday and that's um you know how it ended up playing out and for fans who watch the game they, they see these breaking balls and hitters swinging at pitches in the dirt what is the subtle difference that 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 slider does for you to to help you along with with some of the goals you're trying to achieve yeah um honestly when i watch it back on tv i think both of my breaking balls look really similar um and, and i've talked to uh you know all my catchers about it and and when i'm throwing them and i get the, the the catcher's feedback as well they're definitely two separate uh for whatever reason just from the camera angle they look very very similar one just might be a couple miles an hour uh mph harder um but yeah i think the slider is is uh, like i said a little bit more velocity on it um it's staying straighter for a little bit longer and it's it's moving definitely more horizontally than my curveball does. My curveball is pretty much north-south. So uh, when I'm able to have both of those working and, and changing directions like that, um, it's it's probably going to be a good thing. The game itself last night, you're matched up with Lucas Giolito, and going in, it, it seemed like a great pitching matchup, and it turned out to be. Can you appreciate that when, when you're in it, when you see the other guy doing so well as well? No doubt. Um, hats off to him. He, I feel like every time... Uh, we face off. It's a it's a big game. It's a close game, um, and we both throw pretty well. So uh, he he threw extremely well, uh, and that was fun. It was just a fun game to be a part of, to be honest, in all facets of it. And it, it was a great memory. And I know it's only April, but uh, it felt like a lot more, and and kind of felt like a sort of an instant classic. And you showed that emotion coming off the mound after the ninth inning with a big strikeout and. Is that because of, of all those things you just said? Because normally you're pretty stoic when you come off the mound, but uh, that that certainly seemed to indicate there was a little more on the line. Uh, yeah, and just you know, zero zero ball game going into the ninth, um, and that was really the obviously the biggest inning there. They had a chance to win it, and um, I found myself in a situation where I had to execute some pitches and and felt comfortable going to the breaking ball there and. You know, if I was going to go down, I was going to go down with the bread and butter. And, and fortunately, that didn't happen. But, um, yeah, it was a big situation. And uh, we could feel all the energy, you know, building up throughout the game. And uh, to let that go towards the dugout a little bit, uh, you know, it felt good. And that's kind of just clean in the moment. And sometimes it takes a little while every season for a team to kind of find its identity and, and get comfortable with each other. A lot of new faces this year, but it seems like it's coming together in a hurry for this ball club. And are you enjoying this group of, of players, even with all the changes? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think that's something we kind of touched on in spring training, really exciting group and excited to see how, uh, you know, we carry our spring training over into the regular season. And and thus far, it's it's been fun, man. It's been fun trying to find our, identity um and i feel like we still obviously got some ways to go it's a very long season and we're going to face some adversity 
uh, at, at points throughout the season. So it's a matter of how we react to that and uh, as a group and, and how we come together. So I'm confident we'll be able to do that well. And, uh, you know, it's definitely been fun, you know, at the beginning here. Well, nice stepping stone last night to be sure. Nice going last night, Shane. Thanks. I appreciate it, Rosie. Thank you. Boy, and just to peel back the curtain a little bit on Bieber, obviously a, a great performance by him. And at that point, Tom Hamilton and I were not traveling with the ball club, but Bart Swain doing his usual great work to try and track down interviews for the next day's pregame show. And uh, he said, yeah, Shane will give you a call in about 10 minutes when I reached out to him the next day, figured that he might be in his hotel room just relaxing after a, a big night on the mound against the White Sox. Shane was out playing a round of golf and actually uh, took a time out from that to join us and uh, talk baseball. So he certainly appreciated his time for that. One of the uh, the all-time outstanding pitchers for the Indians and uh, one of the all-time good guys, too, that the Indians have had in their clubhouse. Now, after the game as well, Indians manager Terry Francona weighed in on the stellar performance by the Indians' ace. You know, you, you try as a manager, you try, obviously your, your goal is to win first and foremost, but you also try to take care of your players and be respectful. And so when he came off after eight, I just kind of gave him a quick, hey, how are you? Because I knew if he goes back, he's not coming out. And I wanted to make sure that if, even though he looked fine to me, if he, you know, maybe said, ah, you know, I'm close. Well, then I probably wouldn't have sent him back out because you don't want to have somebody pitch that well and then have somebody else maybe give up their run. Well, that's our look back at uh, the first of our many memorable games from the 2021 season. We'll have more as we continue on through the fall. But first, we'll take a timeout and come back as Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, continues after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Swung and drilled the first. It's a fair ball down the right field line and into the corner. Bowers scores. Lindor scores. Jose Ramirez with a two-run double. What a day for Jose. And he rifled one down the right field line and into the corner. And the soccer song of Jose, 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 Jose is ringing around Progressive Field. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, soon-to-be Guardians Weekly, presented by Progressive. We'll keep you posted on when that transition will take place, and that'll be a, a key watchword throughout the offseason, and, and we'll try and bring you some updates on when uh, certain merchandise will be available and what's going on down at the ballpark as the Indians start to, to trade out Indians logos and Block C logos with the new Guardians logo and the Guardians name 
in different spots of the ballpark and on merchandise. A lot going on this offseason in downtown Cleveland. And you can keep tabs by tuning in to what will be Guardians Weekly, presented by Progressive, and you can do that on the Indians Radio Network. As we drop the show each Saturday late afternoon, you can pick it up on your participating Indians Radio Network affiliate station or Guardians Radio Network affiliate station. Also, on uh, podcast form, you can pick it up wherever you download your favorite podcasts under Guardians Podcasts as they'll make that transition as well. Or go to, at least for right now, Indians.com. You can pick up all the archived editions there as well. So a lot of ways to pick up our show each week. And so much of that, the handiwork of our man back at Command Center, Brian Matze. We thank him, as always, for putting together our show each week. Until next time around, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.